Hi, I'm Siggy, born and raised in St. Catharines, Ontario, and now living in the nation's capital of Ottawa. And I'm Jesse, born in Manila, Philippines, raised in Toronto, Canada, and schooled all over southwestern Ontario. You're listening to the Holo Holo Podcast, a delicious mix of pop culture and the Filipino-Canadian life. We at the Holo Holo Podcast acknowledge that our creative project spans these areas and territories and are grateful for the traditional knowledge keepers and elders who are with us today, those who have gone before us, and the youth that inspires us. We recognize the land and benefits it provides all of us as an act of reconciliation, as recommended by the Truth and Reconciliation Commission's 94 Calls to Action, and gratitude to those whose territory we reside on, work on, or are visiting. I am podcasting from the traditional, unceded territory of the Algonquin and Ishtabay people. And I'm podcasting from the traditional lands of the Huron-Wendat, the Seneca, and most recently, the Mississaugas of the Credit River. Welcome to our Taste Test episode where we sample something fresh from the pop culture buffet, and then we'll tell you what we think. On this episode of the Taste Test in Season 6, we sample by listener request. Thanks, Sonia. Heartstopper Season 2, now streaming on Netflix. Woohoo! Now, it is Star Wars Month. Okay. And I have to ask you, Six, before we dive right into this particular Taste Test on Heartstopper, and to make it Star Wars-related, do you know which Heartstopper character loves or likes Star Wars? You know what? I I really don't know. So I'm going to guess. Okay, take I a really guess. I really don't know. So, yeah. And I'm trying to do it by elimination. Yeah. I don't think it's Nick because I know Nick likes Marvel. That's I right. I want to say it's Tao because he has such like a great taste, but I don't know if he's into franchises. So I'm going to go with Charlie. It's not Charlie. Who right? is it? It's Tori. Out of everyone in the Heartstopper universe, I know. <laughs> You can't see this, but if you look at his face, he's just (laughs) utterly shocked. So by elimination, you're right. Nick, Marvel Cinematic Universe type of guy. Tao, very much art house. And Charlie, not some, like he doesn't have a declared interest. But actually, I think in one of these Heartstopper yearbooks, does it talk about their particular interests? And I believe Corey likes Star Wars is what I found out. I love that. And I love love that too. Yeah. I I love that character that plays her. She's totally she's a totally wonderful character. And we both know like Heartstopper actually started with her. That's right. It started right. with her she's in solitaire. The, she's the OG. Yep, in that's solitaire. Right. That's exactly it. And it just happened to be that Nick and Charlie were in that. But really, she actually started the Heartstopper universe. And I find it really fitting that as we round out the month of November with this particular taste test, we're ending off with a really nice note here. So really, this is a tribute to Tori and <laughs> Heartstopper and all of that stuff. So let's get right into the taste test, Sigs. What did it taste like for you? I'm being very basic here. I'm all about a breakfast sandwich. Mm. For this, <laughs> I would have a croissant sandwich with a fluffy egg scramble with sausage. Yummy. I would say spam, but I think I'm just as hungry as I wrote my notes for this this <laughs> evening. If you know me, I celebrate breakfast on the whole. Everyone yes. knows like, if we can go out for a brunch... And You're excuses. Totally there. This show is a serving of breakfast with a croissant fresh with buttery layers and crisps surrounding a warm center. Now, croissant, they went to France. They went mm. to Paris. The warm yes. center are the feelings about people understanding their identities and the relationships that they're going through. I was ready to dive in. Now, I kept it light. Kuya, what did you think it tasted like? What did it taste like for you? I kept it even lighter. It <laughs> totally tasted like cotton candy for me. Fluffy, Ooh. sweet, satisfying. 
And I have to say, there was a time when I would watch all these queer YA stories and it typically ends in some type of tragedy. Right. You know, so it's really refreshing and sweet to watch where it's less about tragedy and more about overcoming adversity. And so, and for me, it was also sweet to see the emergence of more queer joy love and the Mm -hmm. expansion of the Heartstopper world, which, you know, was thrilling to see the inclusion of Mr. Ajahi and Mr. Farouk. It was nice to see that. Yeah, it was so great. great. (laughs) And I found it also satisfying, just like Cotton Candy, that it focuses on romance and love and not necessarily being so overly sex focused like some of the other shows that are out there. We'll talk about that. Yes. Yeah. So some someone could cheat this, but I, I just found it really refreshing. Now, just to kind of clue in our listeners that maybe haven't watched Heartstopper or yes. season two, Heartstop- <laughs> Heartstopper season two continues off from the first season and sees the development of Charlie and Nick's relationship as they navigate becoming an out couple while engaging in a class trip with their friends off to Paris, France. And then the second half of the show, or the second half of the series, really focuses on their journey towards the end of the year, towards prom, as we see the Heartstopper characters learn to overcome their fears of abandonment, Mm -hmm. becoming who they're meant to be, and then saying who they love. So that's what it tasted like for us, cotton candy and a good croissant breakfast sandwich. I love that. Was it was it actually worth the actual pop culture calories? Like I gobble up breakfast food. Of mm. course it was. But I think <laughs> yes. you and I keep it flat though. But Kuya, for you, tell me like, was it worth the calories for you? So much so that we you know, we've already watched it a couple of times in this house. Yeah. And Bugs, it does yeah. for the most part, you know, what I appreciated too was the and why it was worth the pop culture calories was it follows the graphic novels. Yes. And very much avoids that sophomore slump. That's the right. first season great stellar season great casting satisfying expressions of queer joy love and the music and the soundtrack were outstanding you know and so i have it on a playlist and i would say that in as much as season one excelled that way the only thing that probably didn't excel in the same way that the first season did was probably the song choices and i have to say it was only after subsequent viewings that i got used to the different soundtrack choices that they've made and i've come Mm -hmm. to appreciate those musical selections but i have to say season two's music wasn't as instantly likable as season one but nevertheless still worth Mm -hmm. watching over and over and over and hence worth the pop culture calories and then the last thing that i just want to say before i turn it over to you is that michael and i also appreciated again that budding romance between mr jahi and mr farouk they were lovely they were lovely and it just allowed reflections of gen xers into the heartstopper universe and what you probably might not know is 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 that when heartstopper came out there were a bunch of old cynical gen xers not like myself who were like a little bit resentful that they were being told stories about this when we were all kind of coming out and i was like thinking to myself oh yeah that's true but i'm not resentful and in fact i'm really happy for gen z and millennials that are getting this story and it doesn't mean that we can't see ourselves in it. And in fact, seeing Mr. Ajahi and Mr. Farouk really kind of silences those critics. So anyways, worth the pop culture calories for me. What about you? I said yes. Yes. <laughs> sure, <laughs> sure, short and touching sweet. touching on some items that I sort of want to talk when it reminds me of pop culture buffet. You talked about sophomore slump. Yes. Now, when 
a show becomes so popular in its first season, I'm going to use examples like 90210 and Glee. Yes. There's such this expectation for them to deliver. Sometimes it works, right? Yeah. Glee's second season, a Britney episode, everyone yes, lost yes. weight and everyone was doing this. And yeah. 90210, they overworked their people and they had extra episodes in the summer because they wanted more. Right. Heart Stopper didn't suffer a sophomore slump. Right. It introduced us more to the Knicks family. Like you said, you opened up the universe. I sort of like to include this in the various other tomes like Never Have I Ever, Sex Ed, that came back in their second season and right. wanted people clamoring for more. Did it remind me of something? But really, I don't want it to remind me of something I, I haven't seen. I mm-hmm. want this to be the standard now. Like, I like that this is a different story. And I can understand how people, the Gen Xs, are like, oh, wow, this is coming out now. But we talked about this on a previous of our episodes that this is the norm. This is a love story with teens. They yeah. just happen to be guys, girls, transsexuals, people finding out asexual. Right. And the relationships and identities. This is what, it's nothing alternative. Right, Kuya? Like, yeah, you would have totally. to go to an alternative film to get, oh, watch this, or be like My Own Private Idaho, or Boys Don't totally. Cry. And this totally. is on Netflix, which it reaches a lot of people, where everyone's gobbling up those books. It's sold at Indigo. There's displays and stuff, and it's yeah, reaching a totally. bigger audience, not just those youngers. I like the fact that it's focusing on love and identity and it will evolve, right? Like you yeah. and I've read some of the novels yeah, and totally. you know, Nick and Charlie do engage in sex, but like when we see shows like Euphoria and, and Sex Ed, which obviously it's in the name right it is in your about face. Sex, it's right in your face. But right pe- in your like face, people forget yeah. like Charlie just turned 15. Yeah. They're right? still, young. still young and they're still going to come. It's evolving, but I sort of like that. Yes. It's sunny and they're all, it's about identity. It totally and, is. And, there's love, and I like that. And it, it gives people a chance to, this is the things, I have these questions, I'm unsure. There's other little kids out there, teens, uh, even adults, like, oh, I don't know either. Oh, those are feelings you can do. And even the little, like, it's characteristic on the show where sparks fly and you see little sparks between people's hands that are drawn by Alice yeah. Oseman. And yeah. that's what feelings of love and i'm tingling right now you know feelings yeah, of love, yeah, yeah. you know and i first started my wife you feel like little tingles or electricity and you know when nick wanted to hold charlie's hand in the first season there's little sparks like that's what it's capturing very well yeah right? and that's what it's about so butterfly feelings being exactly up with leaves yeah. all of that stuff and it is about kind of love in terms of what it reminded me on the pop culture buffet mm-hmm. you know very much again young love and it really for me, harkens back to the late 90s gay British YA coming-of-age movies like Get Real and Beautiful Thing. And I remember seeing these at the art house films and then them later coming out on DVDs. Mm-hmm. Except the interesting part about Get Real and Beautiful Thing, both British, had to overcome homophobia. No such struggle exists for the same extent, at least for our Heartstopper characters, except for mm-hmm. probably perhaps Ben Hope and his internalized homophobia. Right. Yeah. You know, and his associated struggles in terms of stepping into pride. But that's what it very much reminds me of. And I like what you're saying that this is the standard and it's almost incomparable, right, to everything else that's been yeah. on the pop culture buffet. Now, what did you appreciate about it? I just wanted to take a moment, and I I didn't ask Sonia's permission. Now, my friend Sonia asked if Jesse and I were going to cover season two. Mm -hmm. I really want to share. She made a comment about the show, and she wanted to know if you and I reviewed it, and we gave her a little shout-out, and she just said, 
She's watched the show so many times. It's 100% a feel-good show for all ages, all genders, all sexual orientations, etc. Mm-hmm. As you say, it's such a lovely, heartwarming show. She has some queer co-workers that had recommended books to her ages ago. Mm-hmm. She's not a graphic novel person, so she didn't find the series until after season two dropped on Netflix. She felt like she was so late to the game, but she's a total diehard fan. Mm-hmm. Now, my friend Sonia is a doctor. As a physician and a parent of emerging adults, my absolute favorite parts of the show are the dis- demonstrable consent discussions that occur between Charlie and Nick mm-hmm. normalizing that in teen relationships is so critical and what it just supposed with the troubling assault scene it really highlights consent as a healthy behavior in healthy relationships I thought that was such a great beautifully said beautifully, beautifully said. said Sonia this is your invitation season three you're gonna come on and come talk to us, us about it yeah um, I-, I wanted to share that with people because I love this perspective about consent and how it's emphatic. I know Jesse's talked about like it should be emphatic, and I yeah, think it's going it to shift be, that. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Consent has to be enthusiastic. It has to be ongoing. It's dynamic. Mm-hmm. If it's not any of those things, then it's not really consent, right? Exactly. And you see this ongoing discussion, and it's it's wonderful, and it's a great model, I think, out there for any kid, any kid, <laughs> any teenager you know, that that's coming out of the closet or any teenager and young adult that is exploring their sexuality. Absolutely. Like you said, Kuya, the teachers take the cake. They were super love great. Yeah. We are both Gen Xers trying to shoot selfishly. I love mm. when a show uses music from our generation. Wink. For yes. pivotal seasons. But I mean, The Cure, just like Heaven at the Prom. Yes, that was Can fun. you not go wrong? That unless I did was, like in terms of yeah. musical selection. Um, yes. Unless it was the comedy with Reese and Mark Ruffalo. But I mean, <laughs> hey. Yes. I loved hearing French because I'm a Frank Francophile. I need to practice my French. But there is something, and I talked about relationships earlier. There is something special about Tao and Charlie. Yeah. There's a love story be- that happens between friends and there's a focus on how important they are and how deeply cares for Charlie and Charlie deeply cares for Tao. Mm-hmm. Um, it's awesome to acknowledge that your friend is special and meaningful. Yeah. And by the way, they cast the younger versions of these two kids. These two I actors, loved it. They were so they were perfectly on. cast. Yeah. Like, and Tara and Nick had like yeah. children Same cast thing. for five Same seconds. Thing. Yeah. It's perfect. And like the fact, again, Gen X, Gen X millennial call back. Hey, do you have a Radiohead sticker on your binder there, Charlie? Mm. Yeah. Did you watch the Romeo and Juliet version mm. and Baz Luhrmann's? I loved it. We did. <laughs> my my only question. Oh, and I also loved Isaac. Toby yes. Donovan is mm. lovely. He had a wonderful behind the scenes vlog. Oh, I love that blog. He's one. wonderful. Yeah. And they talked about asexuality, which is something people need to talk about. People have questions. Yeah. I thought asexuality, that was being aromantic, all of that yeah. stuff. Yeah, and, and him too yeah. with the possible suitor that was interested into it. But also, I was just a little bit, I wanted a little more. The universe is big. I know Sahar was introduced. I mm-hmm. love that she's a guitarist, and I love that she threw. no, I'm not into that person. She just flat out gives it out. <laughs> um, but I, I want more. But, like, I mean, hey, we're, we're, we'll clamor for more. Like, we're going like, to certainly see more, and I know that they're already exactly. filming season three. Exactly. In terms what of what I've appreciated. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, I've said it before, the expansion of the Heartstopper universe, the glimmers of reflections of Gen Xers like ourselves through the teachers, the idea that romance is not just for the young. One of my favorite yeah. scenes was, you know, Mr. Ajahi just saying to Mr. Farouk, you know, like, you know, n- not all is lost. I mean, like I'm, I'm paraphrasing in a lot of way. Mm-hmm. And despite this being a coming of age series, we see that, the, you know, the characters face adversity in their own ways, which makes them much more real and authentic, you know? So yeah. knowing that Darcy has a 
conflicted relationship with her mother, Tao mm-hmm. is affected by his father's death and a fear yeah. of being abandoned. Nick has a strained relationship with his dad and his brother. Yeah. These are real things so that they actually become even more likable knowing that they're still having and trying to have the best life possible despite the adversity in the background. So Sig, that kind of takes us to the end in some ways or close to the end. Would you sample this again? I mean, you and I already said, we text each other, hey, did you see yeah. those shots from season three? They're <laughs> yes, on the yes, beach, yes. exactly yeah. like the novel. So that's right. ready for the next adventure, season three. And Sonia, open invitation. You're going to yes, come on come and on. do a taste test with us when it drops again. What about you? I, I think you concur, yes, right? concur. That's why I've been watching it on repeat because it's you know, serving as a solve you know, <laughs> while we wait for Heart Scalper season three in, in a lot of ways. Now, Absolutely. Sigs, who would you recommend this to? You know what? Anyone who wants to see coming of age and wants to see, you know, why sparks fly. Yeah. It's just, you know, why sparks fly, right? It's, yeah. it's wonderful. Anyone into romance is what I would say, and coming of age and why themes, as you said too. Well, thanks. That takes us to the end of this taste test season two of Heartstopper. So take us out. Folks, get on the bandwagon. Hey, if you watch Heartstopper season two, and even season one, let us know. Email us at hollohollopopculture at gmail.com. The Howl Hollow podcast is available on all podcast platforms. Subscribe, rate us, leave a review, tell your friends all about us. We'd love to hear more from you. We're on social media, Instagram account at Howl Hollow Pulp Culture. Finally, we receive editorial feedback from Mary Beth Badian. Our musical theme is by Cheltering, and we'll see all of you again real soon. See you guys soon. <laughs>